Welcome to Manager Tools. Today's topic, the collaborative manager. Chapter one, more ideas. Here we go. Well, at Manager Tools, we love collaborating, right? But <laughs> we hate yeah. everybody always saying how collaborative they are. Because, I don't know, a lot, lots of people talk about collaboration, but it's not much more than a buzzword, right, that they put into their ill-advised summary section of their re- resume. It just drives me crazy. Yeah. So, Mark, so let's talk about that a little bit. How can managers collaborate more? What can we do to work better with our teams and others? The first thing is, I, I think a lot of people throw the word around collaborative. Oh, and yeah, they yeah. think of themselves as being open to new ideas and so on. But it's like everything else. It's a, it's a buzzword that's overused. And there are behaviors that some people engage in that other people don't recognize as being collaborative. I think that there are a lot of people who use that buzzword and they, what they mean is, um, you know, sitting around in a room and talking about ideas. Well, okay, that's nice, but that's a very small part. No, nothing wrong with it. It's valuable, but very small part of the kind of day-to-day work and, and work requirements and deliverables and deadlines and documents and email and so on that everybody does. And so what we, I've discovered is I know a lot of managers who are super collaborative who wouldn't be called that because they're not flashy about it. They don't tell people they love collaboration. They don't necessarily love the idea of a two-hour let's hash it all out together thing kind of messily and put stuff up on the walls and so on. And, and people are like, oh, that guy's collaborative? Heck yeah, he's collaborative. He always asks his team what they think. He uses his team's input. He reaches out to other people as well. He's proactive, another buzzword, about finding out what other people want and willing to hear other people's points of view. And, and I just, I've noticed that the word is kind of, in fact, now there, I know senior people who just roll their eyes when people say they're collaborative. So in this cast, we're going to focus on things that managers can do before meetings to increase collaboration during meetings. And when people are going to listen, I think people are going to say, well, that doesn't sound like collaboration. And then when you ask them, okay, what is collaboration? They're like, well, I don't really know. Right. (laughs) But all management boils down to behavior. So we've got three recommendations that you can do as a manager that'll almost immediately increase the feeling your directs get that you're being collaborative. Okay. The first thing is announce your intent to ask for ideas. So few managers do this. And and by the way, some of you, some of you managers, you do, you are open to ideas. And yet we want to make it even, you're going to get even more ideas by being more clear with your directs because most of us as managers underestimate the impact of our role power on a directs. The second thing you do is guys, you've got to pre-announce brainstorms. This is a classic high D, high I mistake. Okay, let's brainstorm it. And you got a couple of S's and C's on your team and, you know, some more reserved people and they're not ready to brainstorm. They haven't thought about it in advance and they're uncomfortable and you're not getting their ideas. Okay. Also, you've got to talk to your top performer or your number two, um, whomever, and it may be a couple of people on your team who are really top performers and you need to tell them specifically or ask them specifically I want you to give input every time there's an open discussion. If you hear me say, what are your thoughts or what are your recommendations or anything else, you can't finish that discussion without being, without contributing. Okay. Now, now there's more stuff yet to do. We're only talking now about what to do before the meeting. There's all kinds of stuff you can do during meetings and meetings are not the only place where you can be collaborative. But when I started sketching out my ideas for collaboration, I thought we'd have one podcast about the collaborative manager. And I realized there's four or five or six yeah. because, because if you think about collaboration, people think of that high level stuff. 
But if you think about the day-to-day, -day, there are all kinds of things we do day-to-day, week-to-week that lend themselves to more collaborative, quote-unquote, behaviors, but managers just don't think of it that way. Good. Okay. So let's, let's talk about this idea of announcing your intent to ask for ideas. I guess this comes down to the role power, right? I mean, many of us, yep, I mean, far too many of us, underestimate the, the effect of our role power on our directs, right? And we, we think yeah. of ourselves as nice people, and we think we behave that way. And to be clear, we're not saying you're not a nice person, and we're not saying you don't behave that way, right? Yeah, well, but yeah, but our directs look, look at us through a different lens. They look at us through the lens that's colored and flawed by their fear of us that comes from our role power. And, and there are people who are listening right now who says, oh, fear, come on. Guys, I'm sorry. Just because you don't think they should be fearful of you doesn't mean they're not. Yeah, guys, we know there are some of you who are listening who work really hard at reducing the gap between you and your directs in terms of role power. And that's good. And one-on-ones is one way to do that. And being more clear about performance, good and bad, will reduce the impact. Um, and over-communicating, a la Horseman's Law of Organizational Communications, is bad, you know, that, that will help. But even for those of you who do, most directs, not, not all. And remember, when we say most, if your manager works hard on this, remember, you're not just managing them now. You're managing them based on all the previous experiences they've had with bosses. If they had a couple of bad bosses, you're not going to be the one in two or three or four months. Maybe in a year, but not two or three or four months. Are you going to overcome the ingrained fears, concerns, behaviors in which they shy away from true openness and true uh, candidness with you because of previous bad managers. And that's a great point that in, in you think you're an individual and you should be treated as an individual. And the fact of the matter is that you have a role associated with your position and that role has all sorts of baggage associated with it. And it's part of that baggage is they're past managers and there's nothing you can do about it. Yep, exactly. Yep, agreed. So most directs believe that we know a lot more than they do, okay? This is important. We haven't talked about this before, I don't think. Uh, most directs in the world believe that many of the ideas that they have and might share are by definition gonna be discarded because they're obvious to them and yet they're not being implemented. And so you and the other bosses at your level and higher must obviously know something that makes the idea that they have that they think is good somehow wrong or ineffective or silly or small or dumb or whatever. Whether you like it or not, as a manager, if you don't have time to implement a good idea, which I'm sure happens to many of you, it happens to Mike and I, it happens to many people all the time, that doesn't mean that they assume it's a good idea that you didn't have time for. They assume that you thought it was a good idea, you could probably make the time, but you've decided, in, or, or they think it's a good idea, but you've decided it's really not as good idea as they do, okay? Look, think, think of it this way. Don't you, as a manager, have a regular sense that you don't understand everything your boss does and why she does it? You don't know what happens in some of the meetings she goes to. You don't always understand the, sh the decision she makes, or if you're British, the decision she takes, right? You don't get why this thing over here is more important to her right now than that thing over there. You know it's true, but you don't, and, and she probably doesn't share with you every detail of every decision. And so there's some opacity between you and your boss. And the fact is, the same thing exists between you and your directs. Frankly, guys, I, I believe that this, this inefficient misperception is never going to go away. Uh, I don't exactly know how to describe it psychologically, because I'm not a psychologist, but... 
The fact is, and we talk about this at conferences, uh, at effective manager conferences, we see ourselves as individuals, as nice people. <laughs> Some of us even see ourselves as nice people, but we're <laughs> not, okay? Who happen to be managers. That's how we would say, well, I'm a person, I was a person, I knew myself before I was a manager, so I'm a nice person, I'm a good person, I'm a professional, before I was a manager, okay? But most of us admit we see our bosses as bosses first, who may be nice people, but it doesn't matter because they're our boss. At the same time, we know our directs see us as nice people who are their boss, but does that, the fact that we're their boss doesn't change anything because they see us as nice people. Of course that's true, right? We can't understand why our directs would see us differently than we do ourselves while we blithely go about seeing our bosses exactly like we are certain our directs do not see us. This is dumb. And guys, I'm not casting aspersions on you. I know I felt this way before too. And this is just one of those reminders that apparently it's not just communication that struggles to go up the organization, a la the Accio Morita story we've told thousands of times about the invention of the iPhone. Uh, I was about to say the iPhone. iPhone. The, invention <laughs> of the, walk, the invention of the Walkman. Accurate perceptions of other people struggles when we look up in the organization. And, but look, we, we can argue that all you want. Horseman's Night Law, embrace reality, like it or not, this is an organizational truth. How you see your boss is very much like how you see your directs. Even if your boss is a jerk and doesn't do manager tool stuff and you do, your directs, even though they might say you're a great person and a good boss, they still see you first as the boss. So we have to do some things to counteract. And I wish we didn't, but here's what I know. We, if you don't do it, you won't get as much good information. We have to do some things to counteract the effect our role power has on, on our team, okay? And the easiest thing, the easiest way to do this relative to collaboration, and again, we think of collaboration as a set of behaviors that happen around all kinds of different other meta behaviors, meta organizational activities, is to tell your directs that you're going to be asking for more input more often, okay? Just literally saying things like this helps, okay? It's almost like the Heisenberg uncertainty principle, if you measure something by definition in order to measure it, you have to change it. And so if you tell people, hey, listen, we're going to start being measured on, on more input around here, people will change their behavior because they know they're being measured on it. Now, if you say that and then you don't follow through, obviously, okay, in the long thing. run, that's a net negative, right? Exactly. You say, I'm going to be more open to ideas and then you proceed to shut people down or you don't ask in meetings or you don't really encourage them. Then all you're doing is, is setting up a situation where they don't believe everything you say. And every manager does that to some degree, except the managers who simply refuse to communicate. Yeah. So do you announce this or ask them for this increased input in email? Is that how you do it or how do you? How oh do God, you no. No, oh, God, no. no. Okay. No, 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 no. Yeah, yeah. I, I'll tell you what, a lot of managers, and let me just call a spade a spade. You high C's, okay? And sometimes even high D's, but not as much. You high C's who think I'll send out a broadcast email because it's more efficient to say the same thing to all my people. You making an announcement in email without any discussion about it are usually seen as some sort of half-hearted self-motivation on your part, which you're making public, unless there are action items in the email. In other words, you say, hey, listen, I'm making this change, and here are the specific things we're going to do that I'm going to expect you to do going forward. And most managers don't do that. Most managers say, well... Mark and Mike say I should be more collaborative. So I'm going to send an email and say, listen, I want to be more collaborative. And by the way, don't say we said you were going to be more collaborative. <laughs> say, I'm going to change my behavior about some things because I'd like to hear from you more. 
And guys, again, hearing from your team more, breaking down the natural barrier that exists between role power will make you more collaborative. Listening to other people and hearing their points of view and including other people's points of view in your decisions, in your processes, in your projects, in the tasks that you dole out to people, that will make you more collaborative. When managers who are who, who, about whom directs say, she listens, he listens, you get high collaboration scores. Managers who go around saying, I'm a collaborative manager, your directs know better. They know it's behavior on the ground that makes the difference. So you can do this. The easiest way to do it, dude, is in staff meeting. And then, and this is something I, we, we need to do a podcast on this and we never have. And I talk about it a hundred times a year. You announce it in your staff meeting and then you repeat it and customize the message a little bit. You don't repeat the entire message in your individual one-on-ones with some additional guidance for each person. Look, it might sound something like this. This is an announcement you would make in a staff meeting. Hey guys, I'm gonna be asking more frequently. Um, by the way, to the listener who recently wrote me and said, you don't like the fact that I use the word guys? I'm sorry. Actually, no, I'm not. Guys has become widely accepted in the United States as a gender neutral phrase. Some people say I shouldn't use the word dude. Again, don't care about that. Uh, that's the wor- those are the words I use. Um, just because you draw an inference that somehow there's some bias there, your inference is not my implication. So, hey guys, I'm going to be asking more frequently for everyone's input on the work we're doing. I don't ask you enough, and I'm sure there are more ideas out there and probably good ones. When we're working on projects, I encourage you to tell me what we can do better. When we're starting things, when we're getting off to the start on something, and as we reach decision points along the way, more voices are better, okay? More recommendations are better. For instance, last week, getting ready for the quarterly presentation, I could have inserted a checkpoint once we got the new data about EMEA, uh, and I didn't, and I'm gonna try to do more of that. And when we started talking about rolling out the new scanners and stores, I regret not having asked for ideas about reducing shipping costs. So I, I really encourage you to listen for opportunities where you could speak up and I'll do better to listen when you do speak up. And I'm going to be asking for more of those in specific places and time. I find that pretty interesting, the, the way you, you did that, because you didn't just ask for more ideas, right? You were very specific about the kind of ideas you were asking for there. Is that, was that on purpose or yeah. did I read something into it? So this is something that I learned from a, from a, a really great manager in actually Northern Virginia, but he didn't work for you, Mike. There are all kinds of words we use, collaborative might be one of them, where the definition of words are different. And he said to me, Mark, pay attention over the next few months. Um, this is actually when I was doing some work for a government contractor. He said, pay attention to how some words people, there's different opinion, different uh, different definitions of them, but the definitions are fairly close together. You could argue about them, but it would be a friendly argument and nobody would argue that you're right or you're wrong or whatever. He says, when you use the word ideas, ideas to people have, uh, the word ideas has a very broad base of definitions. When you say ideas and you mean ways to save money or ways to go faster or ways to improve productivity or output or results, Other people hear ideas as, we're gonna sit around and really have fundamental discussions about the future of the company. You know, they think ideas are, let's be creative. And some people define themselves as creative and other people don't. When there are some people who who think of the word ideas and they do not connect it to suggestions for ways things can be done better. And I said, wow, I guess I never thought of it that way. He says, pay attention. Well, of course, As a consultant, I'm traveling around talking to different clients, and 
I was amazed. He was absolutely right. I would ask for ideas and I would get wacky stuff, <laughs> which I'm like, dude, we're in a context here where we're doing strategy. We're trying to decide whether or not Mexico investment is better than Eastern US investment. And I said, anybody got any ideas? And the guy says, look, I think the next time we do this meeting, we need to do a longer offsite. Like, where the heck does that come from? We're talking about making investments in, in our business, and you're suggesting the offsite should be longer? We should have healthier right. food during the breaks. Yeah, exactly. So, so he was right, and I, I didn't see that. It was a blind spot that I had. And so what we do is we, if you're not careful, you'll ask for more ideas, and you'll get stuff like different pay periods or different benefits or better meeting foods, like you said. You want to try to refine your ask or your encouragement relative to collaboration Ideas, suggestions, collaboration, all in the same bucket, guys. Collaboration is not some highfalutin, really cool thing that only, you know, people at super cool software companies who allow people to bring their dogs to work and give away free food. It only, it doesn't just happen there. You want to try to refine this to the work you're doing rather than the environment or organizational issues that, frankly, you're probably not going to change anyway. Look, we're not saying that those ideas are bad to hear. They're great. Nothing wrong with people suggesting those ideas. But you have to be careful, right? People will assume that if they give you an idea, you're going you're gonna to implement it. And, and what you've got to do in a situation like that, that you don't have the power to implement an idea, is you just take them under advisement and you say, thanks, right? Appreciate that. But if you're not careful, you'll encourage a bunch of ideas you can't implement. And look, that's okay. But many of us aren't good at saying no. And, and frankly, what happens is they give ideas, you can't implement them, and that yeah. takes a ding out of the Kills whole collaborative whole spirit. Yeah. So those ideas about how you can improve the organization are not what you're looking for relative to collaboration. In fact, somebody suggesting an idea about how the company can cut costs is a form of collaboration, but it doesn't deliver better results for you in the short term. And so we want you to start thinking about collaboration in a much more granular, gritty kind of let's improve the way we do our work and, and how we work together rather than let's all sit around and talk about great things that could happen in some point in the future. Okay. So hopefully the examples I mentioned, like, you know, when we reach decision points last week, the quarterly presentation, those kind of things, when we're working on projects, tell me what we can do better. Those examples are designed to help you, your team, understand that we're refining the definition. Again, you just have to be recognized that when you ask for more ideas, you may get some you don't necessarily want. But at, make a specific ask. You'll get better ideas, and they'll be more to they'll be more focused on things that you can actually implement. Absolutely. And now there's another huge opportunity for most managers. It's just incredibly easy, and, and that's pre-announcing brainstorms, right? Yeah, it's, it's, this is huge. And you're right. It's, it's easy. If you're a high D or you're a high I, guys, if you're an assertive person, if you're energetic, you're outgoing, you got a blind spot here. You got a scotoma, right? You walk into a meeting and they say, let's brainstorm. Let's say you walk into a meeting with your boss or some peers and they say, let's brainstorm real quick. And you're like, sure, dudes, no problem. Let's go. Boom, idea, boom, idea, boom, boom, boom. Some good, some awful, but hey, that's brainstorm, man. Put it out there. Maybe somebody else will riff off of it. Maybe they'll piggyback on it. That's brainstorming. We're not supposed to, we're not supposed to self-censor. And maybe somebody piggybacks and comes up with something outstanding. And I could say, I had a small part in that. Yeah. Well, that's, that's easy for you to say because, because you're a high D or high I, you're assertive, right? And, and you're comfortable with risk. And there is some risk associated with throwing out ideas in a group, and particularly with your boss, right? Yeah. And I'm comfortable with failure and I'm, I'm comfortable with uncertainty. And guys, I'm not saying that anybody can't be comfortable with those things, but we've often talked about, I was just at a client yesterday out in California and I talked about the fact that 
high D's and I's are more greatly represented than an average sample would be among executive roles. And that's because assertive, energetic, outgoing people tend to be more comfortable with risk and chaos. And the job of an executive is to sense the risk and chaos of the outside world and turn that into certainty for the internal world of the organization. If you're somebody who doesn't like risk, who doesn't like uncertainty, who's not comfortable with chaos, which tends to be, not always, but tends to be more true of the reserved high S's and high C's, the conscientious engineers and so on, and the the, the uh, steady people that make up the, the glue of your team. That's right. You take it, and if you have a large enough sample, that's, that's half your team. Exactly, right? And what happens is those people don't want to walk into a brainstorm, okay? They don't want to walk into a brainstorm and be expected to just vomit on the table and, hey, good, bad, doesn't really matter. The idea of them saying, hey, more ideas increase the chances we're going to be right. It's no problem to put something out there that's off as long as it helps us get there. Their take is completely different. One of their fundamental principles, if you're more of a reserved person, is don't be wrong. Right? When high C's are uncomfortable taking action, and don't get me wrong, everybody's got weaknesses, but the high C says... I don't want to be wrong, and there's absolutely one way I can certain I can be certain to not be wrong, and that's not to contribute. Okay, so our reserved colleagues, any idea that they put out there that isn't used could be considered as wrong, so they don't share any. Or if they share, it's not nearly as much as the high B's, high I's. It's always funny you know, when we recommend the, the manager tools peanut butter rule. And by the way, folks, hopefully you're hearing here that you, we recommend a lot more brainstorming than most people do. We brainstorm a lot at manager tools, but it's only a week or two. It's only a, a minute or two. You don't you don't beat it to death for half an hour. Um, and and by the way, the great design firms, the great firms that people think of as creative, including you know Apple and IDEO and Frog Design that make just beautiful, beautiful products, they brainstorm all the time, and they're very rigorous about it. By the way, and they also manage projects very, very well. Um, beyond just being sit around and being creative, how do we solve that problem? Right, we we you know as managers we know that more ideas are better, right? And we also know that unused ideas can be seen as incorrect, which is bad for high C's and high S's for the more reserved folks. But dude, when you say unused, what you mean is a high C puts it out there, it doesn't get picked up, and the high C goes, oh, that wasn't a good. Oh idea. yeah, and and then they shut down, right? And then then they're less likely to in the future. The DRI says my idea didn't get used, but I don't care. I just don't care. How do we solve that problem? Yeah, the issue for most reserved folks is not that they don't have enough good ideas, because they do, or, or for that matter, not that they don't have good enough ideas. It's that brainstorms are spur of the moment, and they haven't had time to prepare, to think through, to get ready, to rethink their initial ideas, to craft them into something that they really feel good, that they can share with, that there's some background, there's some knowledge in there, rather than just top of the head, spouting off stuff the way high eyes do all the time. Yeah, I was, I was going to say that it, when we do brainstorms at conferences, we use the manager tools peanut butter rule, and it's always a high D or high I that says the word peanut butter. Um, and if you don't know what peanut butter rule is, folks, listen to our podcast on brainstorming. It's very popular. Remember that the high C's translation of ready, aim, fire is ready, aim, 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 aim. And by the way, high S's definition of ready, aim, fire is, are you ready? Do you feel ready? Let's talk about being ready. And once you're really comfortable with ready, we'll talk about aiming, but only if you're comfortable. Okay? So whenever possible, to increase your collaborative efforts, there's that word again, brainstorms are, you know, they're a very visible collaborative tool. I think most people would say if you're brainstorming, then you're collaborating. But maybe some people wouldn't. 
tell your team members in advance that you're going to have a brainstorm, okay? And it's not even enough to announce you're gonna have a brainstorm. For many more reserved racks, you're gonna have to tell them specifically what to do to be productive before the session. This is how you can get more ideas. And people, the high DEI managers of the world, and, and frankly, some S and some C managers don't do this. They say, oh, let's brainstorm. And maybe it's on the agenda, maybe it's not. And people walk in, and again, they're not ready for it. So you could say this, for instance. Day after tomorrow, we're gonna to be discussing our plans for the move to the new building. We're definitely gonna brainstorm ideas to reduce the impact and also maintain customer support. It's gonna be hard. Please be thinking about this in the next couple of days. Don't wait to be creative during the brainstorm session itself. Use the time before then to capture your ideas. Talk to one another about it. Write them in your notebook, the ideas you have. Bring them in. We'll have a lot really fast that way if we've already got preceded 50 or 60 ideas. If you wanna write them on yellow stickies, and stick those right to the whiteboard that we're gonna be writing the ideas on, that works great. More ideas are better, and no sense not capturing any idea you have as soon as we have it. Please don't wait, start being creative and collaborative now. And what happens is this comes across as, we want more, more is better, and so think about it now. And what you'll get is the high C's will write, and the high S's will write some ideas down and then cross them off, but they will have started thinking about it. And by the time they get to the meeting, they will have ideas. And, and what I often say to tweak the high I's in the world, I say, the high C's won't have as many ideas as you, but they will have thought it through, so they'll have better ideas than you do. <laughs> yeah. And the high I's go, that doesn't sound very nice. I said, no, it wasn't meant to be nice. It was meant to be effective. Look, if they work through their ideas, half of the world needs to work through their ideas before they're going to throw it out on the spur of the moment because they want to avoid throwing something out on the spur of the moment because that might be perceived as half-baked. Right. Whereas a high eye says, the whole point of brainstorming is to get a half-baked idea. Yeah, it's, half, it's fast. It's raw. It's, it's raw. It's yeah, that's cool. It's edgy, right? Half-baked, though, in the mind of a high S or high C is wrong, unprofessional. It's weak. It's not thought through. And this is a case of you say tomato, I say tomato, and we end up with less collaboration. Another thing you can do is ask your top performer to give input every time. Now, I, I guess you don't actually have to have him every time, but you do have to tell him to at least once and, and expect him to share ideas whenever you ask the group, and especially when recommendations are asked for. And I assume this is, is a way of kind of seeding, seeding the ideas. Is that the idea behind this? Yeah, we, we do this with our top performer because either they're going to fill in for us or because they may become a manager at our level at some point. So it's not just that we're seeding ideas. Look, I want to seed everybody. If, if this worked with everybody, I would do it with everybody. But the point of this is these behaviors, thinking about what a decision is going to be, the ideation of ideas, the creation of ideas, willingness to be creative broadly rather than only searching for one right answer, these are things that are expected of managers. Talking to your direct in advance teaches your direct a part of managerial behavior. Look, mm. one of the ways we teach decision-making, and there's far too many managers who think their definition of managing is making all the decisions, which is just dumb. You know, the first thing great managers do is start pushing decision-making down so they can find out who the good decision-makers are, okay? They reserve some of the biggest decisions for themselves, of course, but delegation is essentially a form of pushing down decision-making. But one of the ways we teach decision-making is to teach recommendation-making. Think it through. Look at the parameters. Analyze it. Create some ideas. Consider the value of those ideas and then make a recommendation based on what you think the right course of action will be. 
I'll be the manager. I'll make the, the decision. But you having had thought through all that stuff and having to stand behind a recommendation rather than saying, we might do X or we might do Y, right? I hate that. I, I hate people who, in fact, we often talk about the fact that manager rules, we don't give advice. We make recommendations. People who give advice, they're not going to stand beside you when you do something wrong based on their advice. Recommendations are, I have skin in the game. I'm telling you, my best, my best knowledge says, this is what I would recommend you do. And I'm, I'm going to stand by you when you do it. So, you know, if in fact somebody's going to fill in for you, or if in fact you want to set an example to others and people know who your best person on the team is, no sense in having somebody fill in for you without being able to make decisions or, or for them to become a manager and never having been in a situation where their, their decisions were going to be implemented. So this is a form of development, but the development ends up creating an example and what you'll probably find, and, and, and by the way, we're going to put a caveat to this in the meeting itself. We're going to ask them to delay talking first every time. Mm. Um, so so it might, look, it might sound like this. Whenever we're collaborating, whenever we're brainstorming, when, whenever we consider recommendations, I expect you to lead by example. It's not important that we or I always use your idea. But it is important that you exercise those idea and recommendation mus muscles and that others see you contributing to a collaborative environment. And if they question you about collaborative, say, dude, collaboration means talking to one another and exchanging ideas and coming up with something better because we rub up against one another intellectually. Okay. If I ask for input on anything, there may be total silence from a lot of people, but there better not be from you. Okay. And if, you're, if your best person is a high S or high C, this is going to be hard for them. And we don't care that it's hard for them, okay? If one of your best person is not someone who gives you ideas, then they're setting an example that not giving you ideas is a good thing, and that takes away from a collaborative environment. I'd prefer you wait usually, and we'll talk about that in the next cast in the series, but if there are no other voices, jump in. Somebody who won't do that, somebody who won't jump in, isn't someone who's ready to take their own decisions or lead a meeting where decisions and actions are contemplated. And this is a case where it's an old saying, some people don't like it, but the more you sweat in peace, the less you'll bleed in war. I've told this story before, but I remember, you know, when I got promoted to an executive, um, CIO pulled me aside and, and yeah, we're just talking about general advice. Oh and yeah. How to, how, you know, yeah. how, to, how to be effective in an executive. And she said, she has rule, like she never, never went to a meeting with other executives without voicing opinion and volunteering ideas. And she was reserved, right? And, her, and I think her point to me is, Mike, you're reserved too sometimes. Yeah. No, really? How would she think that? Why would she think that? I don't know. Would, I have no what, idea. What would, I mean, you're just the most ebullient dude I know. I mean, I don't, seriously. Somebody came up to me in the airport last night and asked me, are you Mike Ozan? And I said, no. <laughs> they started to walk away. I said, no, no, no. I'm his partner. It was funny. Someday I want to grow up to be Mike Ozan. So, okay. Wrapping up. Killing me, Smalls. Yeah. <laughs> Announce your intent. Don't start on baseball, dude, because I'll tell the baseball story about you at the game. Oh, don't. Announce please your don't. intent. Yeah, no, that's a great one. I'll, I'll, I'll tell it in some cast in the future. And, and announce your, your intent to ask for ideas, guys. Make it obvious. You think it's obvious? Of course I want ideas. You have to say it. And probably you have to say it, something, seven, you have to say it seven times for half your people to say they heard it once. Pre-announce brainstorms. Give your people chance in advance to get ready for a brainstorm. If you're a high D or high I, you can't even imagine the sense that your S's and C's have for not being willing to throw stuff out there because it would be throwing stuff out there and that's not what professionals do. 
And then you got to get your top performers setting the example and giving input every time when recommendations are on the table. Guys, collaboration is as simple as asking for more input and listening to it and using it when you can. It's not as big a word as a lot of us, as a lot of hipsters like to say it is. Ooh, we're being collaborative. Man, it's funny. They're being collaborative. They're in a meeting and they're all on their phones. No, dudes, that's not collaborative. That's called rude. Many of us as managers think that we're supposed to present fully formed ideas to our teams to show our ability to be a leader and to have insight and experience. But guys, doing that sends a message that nobody else has to come up with ideas or that you ideate all by yourself, which is dumb. That's not collaboration. Look, there are times when you have to do that, when command is lonely and you have to make a decision all by yourself. But don't think that has to happen a lot. What we've suggested here are just some no-brainer ways that effective managers collaborate with their teams by asking for, listening to, and incorporating other people ideas. And that's a good definition of collaboration. I love it. Collaboration in actual behaviors. <laughs> yeah. You don't see that very often. I think we can safely say that we just killed the buzzword of collaboration. The word still exists, but it's not a buzzword anymore. There you go. All right, my friend. Thank you. You bet, partner. Anytime. All right, we'll see you. Thanks, everyone. That's it. We'll see you next week. Have a great one. So long.